0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity.
1: Well, uh, it gives us more time. Our opening doesn't appear to, to have started. Where's our engineer? Ah, he's out having a cup of coffee. Well, anyway, that gives us more time because I think we have an exciting program today. Our first guest is Brandon the ballerina whoa ballerina Valerani. uh Brandon am I pronouncing it correctly it sounds like an Italian name it should be pronounced correctly
0: <laughs> it's it's Valerani.
1: Valorani Brandon Valerani. amongst other things he ha- has Liberty uh He's been voted by uh, Inc. as one of the fastest-growing privately-owned companies in in the United States every year since 2012, and we're glad to have him on the program. As we do with all of our guests, we, we first ask a little bit about his personal background before we get into anything else. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, first of all, Don, thank you for inviting me to be on your show. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, well, I guess if I were to describe myself, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, and as I've gotten older, I've tried to rein myself in a little bit, but I've started a lot of businesses over the years. Uh, I have a fairly large family. I have seven children, so I've got two of those children now working in my companies for me, and hopefully all of them at some point. I have a bachelor's degree in graphic design, and I also earned my MBA, I've served as the executive vice president of two different nonprofits over the years. And really, I've spent the last two decades in internet marketing, building websites, not so much from a programming standpoint, but from a marketing standpoint, hiring programmers, developers. And I've thoroughly enjoyed building and monetizing websites. So that has eventually led me to starting Liberty Alliance. Uh, which is a network of conservative news websites. We sell products and we sell
1: advertising. Well, that sounds exciting. Well, the topic of the day today is uh, you, you've been expanding, but uh, expanding smartly. Tell us some of the things that you do or, and how you do it so that um, uh, you, you not only expand, but make money.
0: Okay, well, that's a great question, I haven't always done it right, but I have learned from my mistakes over the years, so hopefully I can share some advice from my own experience. Um, First of all, when I started Liberty Alliance, uh, the first website that I launched was PatriotDepot.com, and I was such a small business at the time, because I started it out of my basement with my wife and I, that we could not go to a bank and get funding. We had no history really, so I ended up self-funding my business using my own personal credit, and I was able to get us off the ground pretty quickly, but one of the pitfalls that I would warn small business owners who are starting their business is that you can get into a debt cycle, and it's hard to get out of that. So, if you can get somebody to invest in your company or even loan you some money privately, for a return that's a much better a much smarter way of doing it but uh, I learned a lot going through that process and I eventually uh, was able to get some private funding but uh, another problem that you can run into when you're starting a small business is growing too quickly and I remember one of the first products that we had was a bumper sticker for the 2008 political uh, season presidential election to be specific and we were selling so many bumper stickers so quickly that I could not print them fast enough and I could not fulfill orders fast enough. And we ended up having some upset customers, and I had to respond to each and every one of those individually, which was very time-consuming. So if you're going to you know, start a business and you start growing quickly, make sure that you have the proper infrastructure, that you're able to get your products produced in time, that you have the proper uh, the adequate staff in the back office—they handle the phones and email and the warehouse. Um, another, yeah.
1: No, ahead, you're Don. you're doing fine. The guest, the guest talks. Keep going. You're great.
0: Okay. Okay, great. Uh, another challenge that I've learned in a, in the small business world, and of course, our business now is over ten million dollars a year. So um, we want to keep growing, but there's a when you, when we first started, I think our first year we did $20,000 in sales. So we've grown very quickly in that span of time. But what can happen is you're in a hurry to get somebody in a position. You have a position to fill and the temptation, at least for me as a small business owner was to just grab somebody that I knew, uh, maybe, maybe from church or maybe from a network of friends or family, which can sometimes work out great if that person's really qualified for the job, but if you're just trying to put somebody in the seat and it's not the right person, you can end up causing yourself a lot of problem down the road. So again, my advice would be take the time to write out a very specific job description, post that on uh, a, a site, you know, an employment site and actually interview a number of candidates and pick the best candidate. I know that sounds kind of obvious, but for me, I was, I in the early days, maybe would shortcut To just get somebody in there to do the work the problem with that is it's a short-term solution but long term if that person doesn't work out or the company outgrows them then there's there's a little pain involved for everybody so I would say definitely hire the right people don't make the mistake of hiring the wrong people Uh, another challenge even for my business today is cash flow Uh, you can have a very successful business it can be so successful and growing so quickly that you're consuming all of your profit just keeping the business going a mentor of mine said one time he said your business is profitable but it's consuming all of your profit for breakfast and you have nothing left for lunch and dinner and so budgeting and careful planning and keeping a war chest a reserve in your business to get you through the rainy days uh, is very important um, another thing that I've had to to, to deal with is uh, yeah. Go ahead, Don. You have a question?
1: Well, yeah, you know, I, I do, but I, but I hate to uh, to interrupt you. You're giving such good advice, <laughs> but I, I I have a question. You, you're the, essentially your conservative uh, websites. Uh, you've picked a niche, a niche that um, uh, obviously is growing today, but the why did you pick that niche? And see, uh, if I heard you right, you did it in, in uh, uh, two thousand eight. What what made you go into that niche, and uh, what did you learn from that?
0: Oh, that is a great question. Well, I guess I've always been a very patriotic uh, person. My my family's my parents, uh, small business owners, so I've been very conservative politically. And in fact, the nonprofit that I, one of the nonprofits I was serving at at that time uh, was American Vision, which is a uh, a nonprofit educational organization that teaches people about America's history and about the principles of freedom and the freedom of religion and so the freedom of speech and how to make our country great. Okay, so and and remembering those principles that made our company great. So I was already in that vein of thought. But one of the things about a 501c3 is you really cannot get involved in political candidates or legislation without jeopardizing your tax-exempt status. So when 2008 that rolled around and we had – yeah.
1: No, I was going to say, that that doesn't seem to hurt the Clinton Foundation or stop them. <laughs> but that's Yeah.
0: That is a whole other story, and I'm not sure what type of nonprofit they have. There are some nonprofits that allow you to do political work, but ours in particular did not, and we could have lost our tax-exempt status. So I started a for-profit political business, and I started selling bumper stickers primarily at the time. Now we've expanded way beyond that, but the bumper stickers at the time were anti-Obama and pro-McCain and Palin. And we were selling so many of those in 2008. So I guess that's how I got into all this. And I had no idea it would snowball into a network of like-minded uh, content, uh, people, so personalities, conservative po- personalities. Uh, that's, that's what's great about what we do now is we've all collaborated our efforts and we have more power to influence working together.
1: Well, what, why do you decide you have Liberty Alliance and you say other? Uh, what, what, how do you differentiate your, your websites and why?
0: Well, of course, there is going to be some overlap uh, with, with news. If something comes out in the news, you know, all of our websites are probably going to address it, but from a slightly different perspective. Um, everybody's got their own style of reporting so you know like i said to some extent there is some overlap but uh, if you take a look at our biggest personalities joe the plumber for example joe for is his website and then we have doug giles at clash daily and then we have constitution.com which is our own website uh, all of those are uh, unique there they have a different flavor to how they a lot of it's editorial there's different opinions for example in the early political season, not everybody was on board with Trump. Some people were on board for Cruz, et cetera. Now we've got most of everybody's on board for the Republican nominee. But so I don't know if that answers your question, but, but, and I'll tell you, our audience will tend to follow somebody they're comfortable with. So they might, some of our audience will gravitate towards clash daily. Others will gravitate towards freedom outpost, which is a more, Uh, conspiratorial type website. Everybody's got a little bit of a different flavor.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm looking at your site now. It's it's really fascinating. But um, you say uh, you sell product and you sell advertising. Um, um, The biggest thing for small business today seems to be finding the advertising niche and, in fact, getting advertising. You, would you address some of that?
0: Yes, I would. I, I understand completely because my my dad, his business over the years, having a newspaper business, he had an entire sales force that went out and sold commercial advertising in his newspaper. And that's very challenging to maintain that. There's a constant uh, push to sell, to get your, your ads in the paper, and The model that we have is a little bit different at Liberty Alliance. We've actually built such a highly trafficked network that we have companies that literally bring advertising to us. We do not have to solicit them. They solicit us. And we then choose the highest bidder and place those ads across our entire network. So we don't have to have a sales force. I have a two-man team that manages those ads and optimizes it So that every page on our web network has a page value of advertising and we're constantly trying to drive that page
1: value up. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Well, uh, You mentioned earlier about people choosing people. How do you choose people uh, to work with you? Uh, Being a conservative uh, outlet, do they have to be conservative to be a part of your team?
0: Uh, No, actually they don't. Um, That's a really good question. I I would say for the most part, everybody that we've hired over the years has ended up uh, sharing our ideology. So that's been helpful. But some of the best hires that I've made have been uh, people that I've recruited rather than just like I said earlier, uh, you know, pointing somebody out of a crowd and saying, come and work for me. So that's just a discipline I had to learn to take the time to write up the job description, do the personality tests, make sure that person matches the personality of the company. So, I mean, it is important to a to a degree that we share the same philosophy, but I haven't had that problem yet. So,
1: well, well, uh, let, let me ask you you this question. Um, you you started off small. You're now ten million dollars, which still qualifies you as a small business. Where do you see your growth coming? Staying in this niche or spreading out? How do you how do you determine your next steps?
0: Well, one of the things I would answer that with two answers. First of all, we've decided to put all of our emphasis, or at least the majority of our resources on one particular website. And that is constitution.com. So that has now become our number one website, uh, within Liberty Alliance. And I anticipate that site to continue growing us into the future. I don't, I don't want to think about hitting a ceiling in terms of revenue. Um, it is very competitive. The conservative news, uh, industry is very competitive when I started the business uh, as we know it in 2007 or eight, there were very few players at that time. Now there are hundreds yes. and thousands of players. so you know that, that makes it harder to, to grow your business when you're constantly competing for the same people. Uh, but the second way to answer that question is, I am diversifying. Uh, I am taking what I know about internet marketing and I'm taking it to other markets entirely. Uh, I have decided to take the Valerani name and turn that into a brand with products that I can sell. So I have uh, a cigar line. I have, I, we do our own coffee roasting. And I also have uh, a partnership with Vignetti Valerani in Italy. And we import their wine to the United States and we sell it here. So I'm using internet marketing, everything that I've learned at Liberty Alliance to to broaden and expand into a market. For example, coffee is the number one beverage consumed in the world, period. So even if I get a small slice of that market, that's going to help me to continue to grow my overall business portfolio.
1: Um, with A couple of questions. Uh, your father had a newspaper, uh, where and what was his name, being an old newspaper man? Um, I don't, what, what was the name?
0: Oh, I, well, the name that. of the paper that he, yeah, he, the, original, the newspaper that he and uh, his brother worked for was called The Guardian, and it's not The Guardian that you know of in the UK. This is a small uh, newspaper based out of West Virginia, uh, and then that paper actually went under, and my dad started a buy-sell-trade publication called Your Bulletin Board, which predominantly would be something similar to what might be like the auto trader. So it's predominantly classified ads and then they sell commercial advertising. So he's not so much in the journalistic business as he used to be. He used to be on television and, uh, writing articles in the newspaper. And now he's actually got a publication that is almost 100% advertising.
1: Hmm. Um, oh, and where where do you, um, have you located your base of operations?
0: Uh, we are located in Dallas, Georgia, which is northwest of Atlanta, about 30, 40 miles.
1: Oh, oh I went to Georgia, Georgia Tech. I know where it is. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess uh, another question. So. Uh, you, what you consider your main site now is constitution.com. Is, is that correct?
0: Yes, that's correct. That is our flagship news website.
1: Well, I want our, our listeners to know it. It's interesting. How did you manage to get that that site? Did you have to buy it, or, or was it available?
0: No, I actually did have to buy that, Don. It was It was not cheap, but when we looked at what we could do with the site – Uh, we determined it was worth the investment and actually i had some of my closest friends and business partners uh come in with me to help purchase that domain name and then i actually bought it back from them so to get the site going but it's it's growing dramatically we're last month we hit 2.7 million uh visitors so this month we're hoping to exceed 3 million and we're just climbing quickly we've really only been working it since january so
1: well, wow, that's a that's really great, uh, um, great effort. Um, uh, you, you're a fascinating guest, and I want you to uh, keep um, uh, keep you on as long as possible. Let me ask you um, uh, another question. Uh, you've seen some dramatic changes um, o- over your time. What is your th- do you think is the, uh, the most uh, 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 important trend for small business in in the online area, in your view?
0: Oh my! Well, yeah. There's there's probably three forces at least in our world uh, that that are almost. I mean, they they tend to control uh, how we make money. Okay, Google is one of them, and Facebook is another one. And then the way that we send email is perhaps the third, very powerful force that regulates how we do business. So, for example, um, Google, Google, you can actually place ads on Google's network. Same thing for Facebook, but those two companies can determine that your content does not fit with their philosophy, and likewise, they can they can. I don't want to say punish you, but they can suppress your content online. So we've we've really noticed that in the conservative news industry that they will tend to push down trending conservative news. Hmm. So well, that's good yeah, and I don't know. If it, it, yeah. I don't know if it affect every small business like it would for us, but you have to be aware of the fact that uh, for example, uh, Facebook in particular is absolutely opposed to the Second Amendment. They won't let you run advertisement about it, or uh, I have a firearm store, and you cannot you cannot run ads on Facebook for your firearm store. So you'll get you'll get banned from Facebook by doing so. <laughs>
1: um, so much for for free uh, free press. Exactly. You know.
0: You also have to watch out about email, Don. I'll tell you, email is a number, I wouldn't say it's a number one, but it's probably the number two way that we drive traffic to our websites. And you cannot send email the way you used to five, six, seven years ago. It is very strict now. Uh, You literally have to have people that double opt into your email list And give them an opportunity to unsubscribe. There is no tolerance whatsoever for unsolicited email. So things that businesses might have been able to get away with five, 10 years ago by buying a mailing list and sending email to it, those days are Mm -hmm. over and it's considered unethical really in in the internet world. So something to keep in mind as you're starting your business, don't ever go buy a mailing list. Build your email list organically and have people opt in.
1: Well, that's very good advice. Uh, let's talk about the conservative world. You 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 mentioned that a um, uh, competition has uh, grown rapidly. Does that mean there's a, a resurgence in a conservative uh, um, uh, thought, or uh, simply? Uh, finally, they have a a voice for many of their aspirations. What do you think?
0: I tend to think that it's the latter, uh, that that there is, uh, you know, for the longest time, the networks controlled the media. And then in the mid to late 90s, with the explosion of the Internet, uh, all of a sudden the playing field was leveled and everybody had a voice again. It was almost like the days when the printing press was invented, the the revolution in thought that happened. So uh, and of course, I know talk radio had a huge impact on that as well. Uh, but I would say the, the fact that we have the internet and we have the freedom to put out our our thoughts and ideas freely without having to go through a gatekeeper is a wonderful freedom that we need to not take lightly and to appreciate. But like I said, when you've got forces on the Internet like Google, like Facebook, which I, I love those companies and I use them, but you have to play by their rules. And they're not always friendly towards the conservative worldview, I can assure you. So we're getting back to that era where if you want to make money, you have to play by a certain set of political rules.
1: That's very true. Um, uh. We often, we try to find, um, uh, we being uh, people like myself, um, uh, just how this world operates and yet we find that they, um, they, uh, how should I put it, Um, we find a lot of barriers in the way. Um, Do you uh, find that uh, to be the case? or you just
0: oh in business Uh. in general I would say there's there's always barriers I mean and you have to have the the confidence and the vision to say I'm willing to to push through these barriers and jump these hurdles to get where I want to get because there's always people telling you no you can't do it no you can't do this you shouldn't do that you shouldn't borrow this money you shouldn't take that step but if you don't take the risk, it won't pay off. And if I look back in my own career, I think about all the times I took some crazy risks. And I'm so thankful that I did. But you can't let fear rule you. And so there's, you're right, there's all of these boundaries. Uh, As I'm getting into the uh, tobacco and and wine business, uh, governmental regulations are very difficult. There's a lot of red tape, and you have to be willing to to be patient and dot every i and cross every t legally to be able to sell those products so it'd be easy to throw in the towel after several months of of waiting to get this uh, approved to be able to sell these products and say i'm you know i'm tired of waiting but you've got to be patient and you've got to be willing to do what you need to do to get in business Uh, weaker weaker businesses would never make it so it's kind of survival of the fittest if you will
1: Brandon, would you mind staying on? Um, Our next guest has just called in. Uh, He's Peter Murphy, he's co-founder of uh, Rocket Prep. But uh, would you mind? You're such a good guest, uh, um, and if you feel free to comment in, if if you'd like to stay on.
0: Okay, that sounds great, Don.
1: Okay, hold on a second. Let me. uh, Hopefully, this is Peter Murphy. Uh, talking. Peter? You're live now. Is this, uh, Who's on 615
2: 480 5926?
1: Hey, Don, this is Krisha Bueller from EA Help. Oh, well, okay. Uh, you came on. <laughs> um, well, but we're glad to have you. You're on with Brandon uh, Rani. am I pronouncing it right? Uh, how I can mis- mispronounce an Italian name is beyond me. But, uh, <laughs> but I did, hey, what can Brandon. I say? Hey Brandon, but, uh, hey, nice to meet you. I, I well,
2: think pl-
1: um, to come on- Hello?
2: Yeah, Don. So I think I was scheduled for eleven thirty-five. I just joined early, but I gonna I'm happy to get started if, if you're ready.
1: Oh, come come on board. Um, our <laughs> uh, our other guest, apparently Peter Murphy, and Brandon just hung up.
0: Uh, okay. No,
1: Brandon. Oh, no, I'm, st- still on. I'm, I'm still. I'm oh, still
0: here. Oh. I'm still here. I'm just. Okay. I'm, I'm just letting your next guest have her time.
1: <laughs> no, oh, no, uh, Brandon. Please stay on. And Krishna, please, uh, we're going to have you. Our, our other guest, uh, Peter, uh, somehow or other didn't make it. And I'm, uh, I'm looking at the board. But uh, your culture cult- cultivator at uh, EA Help uh, is important to identify the personality of your company. Well, first, before we do anything else, tell us a little bit about yourself personally. So we know a little bit about you.
2: Sure, sure, yes, that's right. My name is Krisha Bueller, and I am the HR manager and culture cultivator, which is a mouthful, um, for EA Health, and we are a company based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Myself personally, I um, have a background in HR and operations. I really spent a lot of time in the corporate world, and was looking for kind of change in direction and and found my place at EA Help, which is a small private company, like I said, in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, What we do basically at EA Help is we find that many leaders like you and and those on this call are trying to do it all in their business and their organization. And it really leaves them feeling starved for time and overwhelmed at times. And so EA Help, we come along and serve those leaders by helping to identify the tasks that can be easily, really delegated to a virtual executive assistant. So yes, you heard right, virtual. So they, um, our, our VAs work all across the country and it may mean that the client is in Oklahoma and the VA is in Florida. Um, so what we do is we select um, the appropriate assistant based on our proven placement process And then we have um, a relationship manager that walks alongside the client and the assistant to ensure that successful partnership so what happens is um, a client can focus on what they need to focus on to achieve their goals and really have peace of mind that their their VA is taking care of all of those details so that's kind of what EA help does um, in a nutshell but My role as a culture cultivator is really, really special. So culture is a buzzword in the industry right now. Um, And we at EA Help just thought, you know what, we really need to um, continue to make it a focus and really put some ownership behind it. Um, And so really a big part of my role is, I'm responsible for protecting and fostering the, the amazing culture that we've created at EA Help. Um, and by doing that, it does mean that, that I'm very intentional about connecting everything we do back to our mission and our values, um, which is something that you brought up at first, so it's very important for companies to have a really strong mission statement and those core values surrounding how they operate, how they make their decisions, how they go to market things of that nature. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, really that's a huge part of my role is ensuring that everything points back to that and that it's at the forefront of our minds all the time. People want to work for EA Health.
1: What do you think of all that, Brandon? Okay,
0: sorry, I was on mute. Uh, well, first of all, I think it's impressive. I'm actually interested in using it myself for my company.
2: All right. Well, we can definitely
0: talk offline, Brandon. <laughs> okay, that sounds great. Well,
1: uh, it's very interesting. When I sometimes put together people, it's amazing how uh, uh, they they f- uh, find uh, common ground. But now, Christian, uh, 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 saying saying all of that. Uh, what are some of the problems a small business runs into to use your to use your 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 services and um, uh, to make sure that they get the most value from this?
2: Sure. So a lot of times um, it is just pure skepticism, right? Um, you know, someone who has never used an assistant before, they may really feel. Um, they really may feel nervous about what do I delegate, how do I delegate, you know, how do I train, what should I be doing versus what should I be delegating. And that is why it's really important um, to utilize the relationship manager service that we have at EA Help, because we really provide kind of a coach, an expert, someone to guide the client through getting used to not only using an assistant, but how to work virtually. And the wonderful thing about having the opportunity to outreach to, to virtual um, EAs is there's a lot of potential that allows you to reach not only just your area, but across the country. And these are proven administrative professionals that are really looking to serve a leader to help them accomplish their goals. It, it's just... Um, it's been fascinating to watch it all unfold and, and the success that our leaders are having with our VAs. Hmm.
1: Well, if you haven't answered. Well, uh, for, for instance, it would be very difficult for me. I, I'm a one-man band in a lot of ways. Yep. It's difficult for me Well, mm-hmm. uh, to, to uh, let uh, someone, in fact, uh, know everything I'm doing. Sometimes I don't even know it. How do you get around that?
2: So a lot of it is that's kind of where the culture fit piece comes in. Um, You know, a a lot of it is the trust, um, filling the gap with trust and building a rapport with your VA. Um, Your VA actually becomes an extension of you, believe it or not. It's not something that happens overnight. And so it requires a lot of patience. It requires a lot of trial and error. Things are going to go wrong mistakes are going to happen um but it really is about you know kind of getting up trying again um being willing to take a step back and and saying maybe i need to do something differently maybe my assistant needs to do something differently um courageous conversations right feedback such a huge huge piece um both positive feedback and constructive feedback really in the moment real time to move through those hurdles until things are are moving very well and and you get that time back. A lot of it is focusing on what only you can do versus what someone else could do for you.
1: Well, uh, Brandon, uh, uh, I don't know how you do with all your diverse. uh, What are some of the things that you would need done in such a situation as that? Have you thought about it? Well, first
0: of all, i I kind of joke that I have quite a few assistants that I can't really survive without them. Uh, I made my brother the CEO of our company, and he's always bragging that he can do everything without an assistant. But I've told him, as much as I'm paying you, <laughs> you should find somebody to help you with some of these items because your your hourly rate for the company is is too expensive to be to spending time on those functions. So I'm I'm a I'm a big believer in having an assistant and having the right one, and I'm thankful that I do have uh, good assistants in our company now. But I'm I'm absolutely uh, I'd never heard of this uh, company before that uh, Krisha's promoting, and I think it's great. I'm definitely going to look into it.
1: Could you ask for a, a, a greater endorsement than that, Krista?
2: Good night. Could you repeat
1: the question? I'm sorry. It wasn't a question. It was a statement. What a great endorsement for you. Right on the air.
2: I know. It's wonderful. wonderful. I I can't wait to talk with you, Brandon.
1: And we're neighbors, too, apparently. I I don't know if you caught that. (laughs) He's in Dallas, Georgia. Uh, But, you know, it's funny. But We say that, but one of the things that uh, I've I've noticed uh, is the lack of follow-up. Uh, p- people will talk, uh, if you give your card out at a show, how few people will actually follow up. Do um, the, the, either of you see this, and uh, do you see a, a remedy for it in, in what we're talking about? I know this is a little bit sideways, but I think it's important.
2: So for me well, personally
1: yeah. – for- Go ahead, Christian. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I was going to say for me personally, you know, I think the lack of follow-up is not because, um, you know, people are not interested or don't have the desire to follow up. I do think it's a lack of um, time and conflicting priorities and things fall to the bottom of the priority list. And it's just one of those examples of do what you can do and delegate the other stuff to someone else. And I know... Plenty of our clients today who that is something that they delegate to their EA. Um, hey, I, I met this person. Here's their business card. Please follow up on my behalf to make sure that person knows I'm serious. Um, I've, I'm wanting to follow up. I'm wanting to reconnect. And so it's, it's actually a great example of a task that an assistant can do for you.
0: Hmm.
1: I, Brandon, I completely
0: agree. That's what I was. That's what I was going to say. Is that. Uh, so much of of what I've been able to achieve in my business is because I've had executive assistants who have followed up and helped me reconnect with people that I've maybe met at a trade show or a business meeting and so I, I think Chris is absolutely right
1: well we so much agreement in this uh, this program it's hard for me to get um uh, get any um, uh, questions, I guess uh, 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 your web- website, Krishna, please, for, for people?
2: Sure. My, our website is eahelp.com, so www.eahelp.com.
1: Well, uh, is that edwardalphahelp.com?
2: You are correct.
1: Okay. Uh, Brandon, tell us a couple of your websites. um uh, that uh, uh, people can f- uh, find out uh, more about you and your company.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to do some, some shameless self-promotion since you've given me the opportunity here. Uh, I've already mentioned LibertyAlliance.com, which is our, our conservative news network, and, of course, Constitution.com, which is the flagship news website that we run. But also, uh, because there's a lot of small businesses listening, you um, ThrasherCoffee.com, I would encourage you all to take a look at that because one of the things we can do is we can private label fresh roast and private label coffee for your business. So if you're a real estate agent, for example, and you want to give out uh, coffee to your clients or any kind of sales type function and you want to have that as a perk with your name on it, we can do it. Um, But also we we sell coffee directly uh, as well. So I'd say ThrasherCoffee.com and... Uh, a lot of the other websites that I'd love to tell you about are under development right now, so I can't give those out just yet. We'll save those for another show.
1: Well, well will you spell out Thrasher, please, for our sure. audience? WWW.
0: Yeah, T as in Tom, H R A S H E R, coffee.com. Uh, Thrasher is the Georgia State bird. That's what we've named it, Thrasher Coffee
1: well well I learned something else new today uh, I didn't realize that uh, um, are you gonna name a a, a website after the, the state animal just that's just a um, joke don't give me an idea <laughs> it, it just seems to follow in now uh, uh, I'm just gonna ask uh, uh, Krishna based on your experience and going from a large corporation to a little, um, what do you tell people who are thinking of uh, joining your organization or being part of it? Um, uh, What do you tell them uh, is different about how the approach and how how the company, et cetera, from your experience?
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I really think it's different for everyone. So it's what you're looking for. Um, I had great experiences in large corporations and I learned a lot. And so I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say that there was negativity that, that came along with that. What I say that would be different is um, coming to a smaller business, it's, it's much more intimate. Um, you know, you hear a lot of people from the corporate world talk in terms of, I'm just a number. Um, and in a small business, it's, it's not like that at all. Um, you're a person, you know, you're cared for. At the same time, there's a lot less resources to do the work, um, not as big of a budget, and so you're going to work really hard. You're going to work really hard. You're going to probably have some fun, depending on the culture of your company, um, and you're going to wear a lot of hats, but it's going to be very rewarding because you'll be able to accomplish a lot of things as a team rather than feeling siloed at times Um, i think there's other forms of compensation than monetary compensation that sometimes needs to be thought of and, and come into play when you're working for a smaller organization because they may not be able to pay you a big fat check but you may be, like I said, compensated in other ways. Um, CTO benefits, um, retreats, self-development, things of that nature, flexible schedules that are really, really important to bring to the table when you are trying to recruit somebody to come from a large corporation to a smaller um, private business.
1: Hmm. Um, That's very good. Brandon, with all of your 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 companies, what what have you seen uh, has has been the change in people who come into your organization from big organizations, or in general, working with a smaller uh, organization?
0: Oh well, I think you know. Again, Chris is, Chris is absolutely right. Um, you get you get people from a larger company, and they. Expect in a sense that there's unlimited financial resources that tap into, when the in reality in the small business world, you're trying to make enough revenue to get to the next payroll, and so that can be frustrating for them. But one of the things I've I've tried to do in our small business over the years, is to operate as professionally as possible, give everybody the 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 access to HR. Uh, that they deserve, you know, employee manuals and benefits. We have great benefits. So we've tried very hard to give them that, that feel of a big corporation without losing the personal touch. But it is a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, uh, uh, Brandon and Krishna, thank you very much for, for making this a very, very uh, informative hour. And uh, I hope both of you will come back sometime and talk some more. Thank you both. Thank you, Don. Sure,
2: thank, you for, thank you, Don. Thanks for having us.
1: Oh, have a good day and a, a great rest of the year. Thank All you right, for listening you tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience and profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today,